Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Good morning, everybody. 902 here on your Sunday morning. Sort of Sports Sunday. Back for another show, 9 to 11 a.m. As we uh, keep you company here. If you're out there driving a boot or just listening to the radio at, at home, it's a nice, beautiful day again after yesterday's rain. So, well, Joe, you know, good morning. Of, Joe kind of reminded me of something earlier. Like any type of live anything right now is a good thing considering yes. this climate that we're in. So, yes, man, we're out here live. Good morning, You're welcome. Everybody. We're very important for you all we right are. now. We are, we are essential. <laughs> we're essential right now. Well, then the reason I said that to Rashad, Mike, is uh, because I'm somewhat uh, drifting into your realm. I already said it to you, uh, I think, on Wednesday is that I, I'm, I'm watching a little bit more on Twitch. Mm. Some uh, people playing Grand Theft Auto. That's yes. basically the only thing I'm watching is people play well, Grand Theft okay. Auto. Because it's a good it's, start. Uh, welcome. I'm not going to call it the dark side. Welcome to the right side in watching Twitch streamers and YouTubers. Well, I'm not, again, I'm not watching all the, you know, uh, well, not yet. Like the Call of Duty games and stuff like that. Just Grand Theft Auto. You have a TikTok okay. account, Joe? What is that? You have a TikTok account? I'm sure you do. <laughs> God, no. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Making no. little videos. Oh, yeah. goodness. Give us two more weeks of quarantine. Joe's going to have a TikTok account. Oh, he's, he's already got a Don't Rush video ready to go, <laughs> ready to be seen. He's just practicing his dances if, in the background. If anybody's going to ask for that, it's going to be my son. He's already asked to create a YouTube channel, and I was like, oh, Well, God. that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, a, well, lot of, know, that's the, a lot of work there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but what about the kid, The what is it, Ryan Opens Gifts or whatever, the guy who makes, like, millions and millions of dollars for his family? Yep. He's, yep. like, eight years old. He sure does. So my son is for <laughs> sure, like, he wants to do a YouTube channel, but he, he wants to do it, like, with this. Uh, he's a big wrestling nerd and so he go. wants to he has rings and entrance ramps and the whole thing and he wants to do 
uh, a YouTube. I was like, man, go like, go be great, son. Yeah. Start a YouTube. Well, you got to help him now. Uh, he yeah, doesn't I'm, know how to start a YouTube no, channel. I, I almost guarantee that he would know. Go how to be start. great, son. I almost guarantee that he would know. You how let to me start know how that YouTube channel is working. Yeah, because <laughs> you know he he has his own phone, so he has uh, an email for said phone. He has to use when he's you know buying new games or, mm. or downloading games or whatever the case what's, is. So. I was going to say, what's his email? Don't announce his yeah, email. I'm not giving these people. <laughs> I was just curious. I'm curious <laughs> if he picked like a goofy name or not. But no, do not tell me. Yeah, no. So <laughs> on the uh, air, don't tell me. So yeah, so that's something that he wants to do. And I'm man during this time of quarantine why not bro Go yeah for it. my boy's seven i think he, he, yours is a little bit older than that like, yeah. yeah it'd be tough to kind of just be like all right here's a camera here's some video production software off Man, you go leave me know, alone i don't know Take he's, care of he's got tons of episodes on, uh, that he's made himself on, on his deck phone. all right and i was i was like why, why didn't you have any memory on your phone like what's the problem bro you just got this phone and man it's sure just him talking to the camera it's him talking to the camera he's doing his own promos it's him uh doing the wrestlers as they walk to the to the ring and Finishing moves, it's 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 pretty elaborate. Well, you also said something I wanted to start with the show. Uh, is that you and your son every day have been playing basketball as you yeah, exercise? He just will not let me not play basketball. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good exercise, I suppose. Although playing against a eight year old is probably not as good exercise as playing against other humans. But killing him, bro, <laughs> dunking on him and stuff. Are you are you pulling a a, are you pulling a Joe Fish and just hey man, listen, killing your son at anything competitive? If, if you play me one on one in anything, I'm trying to I'm trying to kill you, bro. That's just what this is happening. the first person who has ever agreed with Joe who beat his son in NCAA football, eighty one to seven. He's got to learn. I would have to go check the tape. I think it was like eighty five to six. You let him score. He shed tears over not being able to score a touchdown. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I don't want to give up the goose egg, but so the one to make my son thing, happy, I, I guess. Cannot I'll get. Be- I cannot believe you guys do that. Man, this is, this is how you build winners. Here's the great thing about my son. He's super competitive. How you crush like, souls. I mean, I, I didn't know it, but like, you know. Because- I feel like you're about to describe my son too so, right now. So we'll be doing something like, you know, again, big wrestling nerd. So we'll just start playing around and pounding around. And he'll start like wrestling me and stuff like that. And so I'll, you know. Fake beat him, you know, pin him on the ground. One, two, three. And he'll get so pissed off and walk in the other room and close the door and won't talk to me. I'm like, bro, what is that? And so now we've had to have conversations about, uh, you know, sportsmanship and all those little things now because it's like, I don't want this to be a, I'm I'm glad you're competitive, but I don't want this to be a toxic thing to where now you can't play with other kids because you don't want to lose. Also, literally the conversation I had on Tuesday. Is he expecting to beat you? Yes. In wrestling, yes. <laughs> when he's eight, yes, one hundred percent. This does was, he does he understand the size difference between you two? He gets it. He goes for the knees. Okay, he's been smart enough to, <laughs> to see a lot of you know great professional wrestlers and go straight for the leg and go straight for the submission and stuff like that. You know, playing ah ah it hurts ah let me out. Let him go. Let me go, ref. You know, I'll do all the little play okay. along stuff with him and everything. So you're not just like. Stone Cold stunning him and just oh, being no, like, he's getting, no, he's getting, <laughs> you suck, son. He's getting the people's elbow. And that's for sure. That's that's one of those things that's going to for sure happen. But no, like, granted, I'm not out there just beating my son up in basketball. But in certain things, when we play horse and things, I'm obviously shooting from much further away and stuff like that. But, because, you know, he can't even get close to the rim from well, that far. No, well, because I'll let him shoot way closer. Oh, OK. Obviously, he's oh, I see what you're so saying. I'll shoot from much further. I away. thought your shot for the. Uh... For the letter was from like deep three point no, range, but just to be just to be an ass though, I'll like dunk the ball and tell him, "Yep, your turn," <laughs> you know, just something like that. But uh, yeah, that's the one good thing we've been we've been doing is kind of as you know as we're all becoming 
teachers. I didn't know that I was a teacher, and I am now, and I'm not certified yet, but if parents want to pay me to teach their kids, apparently I'm pretty good at it. You know, my son's been doing the online school like most of our kids uh, for the past week or so, two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of everything, man. It's kind of, there's too much going on to be bored a lot of times during quarantine if you have kids. Well, that's good. That makes it interesting, I suppose. You probably want to be bored, actually, to be honest with you. But what I was going to say is it sounds like this is a perfect opportunity for you to build a future NBA superstar. Every single day he wants to play, the, he wants to play basketball? Perfect. He's asking every day, yeah. Make him, make him good. That's the plan. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, dr- be a teacher, be a coach. Come on. I'll if be honest. he starts having him do drills, uh, maybe that's... We're uh, doing drills. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's how we start everything. We'll start with the drill. It'll start, you know... Uh, you like let's do a couple layups and here now we'll play around the world. Just make them do little things like gang type things, but are really like little drills and stuff. So you got two basketballs. We I have a basketball that's like the you know the U size, and then we have a normal size. Need to I'll, get the two NBA size. Have them start doing the I just dribbling them, two balls at once. You when know? it's time to do the shooting game stuff, I let them use the actual ball and dribbling and stuff like that. I use the the regular size ball just to. Get used to how it feels and doing this stuff because when you're at the park or when you're at school, I don't know if they have, oh, here are a bunch of youth balls. They usually just go buy regular basketball, regular size yeah. basketball. So I don't know. And your son's an only child, right? I'm not sure if he's done this yet because this is something I used to do all the time as a kid. I was an only child and I loved to go outside and play against myself. And I would play basketball, and I would pick two random teams, and every other basket would be the other team trying to score. And I would, like, fake announce it, and I was, like, I'd have, like, this whole elaborate, like, schedule. I'd have, like, a notepad where I'd keep the final scores, and I'd try to build standings, and it'd be like, oh, the Hornets beat the beat the Bullets today. And, uh, okay, so the Hornets are 1-0, and the Bullets are 0. I would never get through more than, like, three games. The standings would no, never come course. to fruition. But I would always play against myself, which I know sounds super lame, but when you're an only child, you get creative. I used to play uh, stoop ball, too. I don't know if you know what stoop ball is. Don't have a stoop. Ah. Uh, you, you had the little pink spalding ball, and you would throw it against the stoop, and wherever it went, it was a single, double, triple, or a home run. And, uh, you know, you were the pitcher and the fielder, so you could try to catch it and get the out. And I would do full nine-inning games like that, too, <laughs> and keep yeah. it in a notebook. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if either, either of your kids are both only children, right? Either of them, I wonder if they're going to turn into that. Well, I had three sisters, so there was definitely a lot of solo basketball games mm. by myself. So It wasn't I, the I, only thing solo either, I imagine. Yes, very much so. So <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you in the basketball games and announcing it myself, you know. It was a lot of... Uh, Oh, another missed shot by Fisher. Another missed shot by Fisher. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taylor's broke right now. Like, about a whole, a whole lot of that. But yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's pretty normal when you're a kid to sit there and do the whole commentary thing uh, by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm, I went kind of to the extreme with it, no, <laughs> especially yeah. with the stoop ball because I love baseball. Yourself. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Stupid. I did post game yeah. interviews and stuff. That was my like dad's that. game. Well, I'm sure it wasn't my dad's game, but he introduced it to me. I was gonna say, I feel like I uh, I envision a young Mike Lynch in like a New York alley or something like that, like in Brooklyn or Queens or something like that, playing it with the local kids. I know you're not from that area. Yeah, I was gonna that. say that's about but as far hearing, away from the truth as possible. <laughs> hearing that like game. suburban New Jersey in a I front think of like lawn, a, a real life Hey Arnold, you know, like <laughs> Lynch and his crew. Stupid kids afraid to leave his stoop. Yeah, that's what I. Stupid kids afraid to leave his stoop. 
Um, I was not afraid to leave the stoop, but I was afraid when the ball went into the street because we lived off a highway that cars would be coming off too quickly and I'd have to dodge them. <laughs> that was uh, that was the only issue that I had. Wait, but it, uh, if you have a porch, you have a stoop. Is that is that the is are we calling those the same? Is that, is that the same? I mean, if yeah, you I have mean, if you have one or two steps going up to your front door, you have a stoop, right? Is, I, don't, I mean, as long as there's a step to throw the ball against, you could do it. The only time I've ever heard of a stoop is in neighborhoods in New York. Yeah, I've never <laughs> like, heard anybody on the West Coast say stoop. Okay, but I've heard porch. Yeah. Call, okay, can so we call it porch ball. You can call it porch ball if you okay. want. But a porch is more of a thing that is, it actually extends across the front of the house, right? Like it's actually like a porch that extends a distance, whereas the stoop is just a two st- steps that go up to the front door, a and then there's nothing is an else. An extension of the porch. Mm. Just blew my mind with that one. <laughs> it's too early on a Sunday to think like this, Joe. Um, all right. We do actually have a lot of sports to get to today. There was a lot of sports that happened this week. Uh, we've got the very interesting story of the high school prospect, the number one high school prospect, choosing to forego college basketball for a brand new program being thrown out by the NBA. Uh, the NFL draft is on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next week. We got the Wonderlick score tests leaked. There's some news about the quarterback, so we'll get to that. We also have today the beginning of a very, very highly anticipated documentary. Very important documentary. It is important. I think so. Question mark? I think so. We'll talk about that as well. The Last Dance starts tonight. Two episodes, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Set your DVRs if you have DVRs, if you're not going to watch it live. Um, so we'll get to all of that throughout the show. You can text the fan text line at five, five, three, zero five, but we will start with the new NBA G league professional pathway and whether or not it's a good thing, how it's going to affect college basketball, how it's going to affect these players. There's a lot of little tentacles that are attached to the story. So we'll get there next here on sort of sports Sunday on the fan. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, so I pulled up Google Maps Street View of my childhood home in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, a suburb of New York City. And uh, I showed Rashad, like, look, it's just two steps. Is that really a porch? And is that really a stoop in the way you're looking at it? And the only thing he said is, your house looks like the Home Alone house, which it does not look like the Home Alone house. It looks like the Home Alone house. It has the same style, but the it's not as big as the Home Alone house was. It has the same style because it looks like the Home Alone house. Lynch. Well, it's because it's a colonial house in New Jersey. <laughs> That's why it looks the same. Come on, man. It does not look like the Home Alone house. Come on, Lynch. You're 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 very blessed. It's home awesome. It's all alone good. Home Alone house. It's all good. Dude, dude. Come on, man. My house has four windows on it. The Home Alone house has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen windows on it. You're not counting the ones on the side of your house. Man. I'm just looking at the front. I'm looking at the front of the house. Lynch, I know what I saw. If you want to know what Mike Lynch's house looked like when you grew when he grew up, or currently, parents still live there? Yes. Then Google the Home Alone house. It's that minus half of it. Uh, debatable. It's, it's not debatable. <laughs> Apparently, that house is uh, in Illinois, by the way. It is. Actually, a buddy of mine, uh, Chris in Portland. Winnetka, one of our, Illinois. One of our texters. He actually, uh, when he was with his band out there, 
Yes, he stopped by to see it. It's all like gated off and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, well, of course it's it a Home be. Alone house, so people want to see it when they go to shoot. You know, not even Chicago, like Illinois. Where in Illinois? Winnetka. Winnetka, a place that I've never heard of before. I'm assuming it's a suburb. What famous person is from Winnetka? Uh, I'm, is, I don't know. I'm just asking. I will look it up in a second. It is a suburb. It is north of Northwestern University. So it is a suburb. Well, if it's by Northwestern, you know it's in a pretty pretty nice neighborhood. Famous people from Winnetka, Illinois. Uh, Rock Hudson's from there. Tight. Uh, Richard Marks is from there. Winners. Yeah. That's where the list ends. Well, it was just a little preview. <laughs> okay. I mean, cool. this is great radio as I read Wikipedia. <laughs> That's cool. Notable we should, people. We should do that. We got another time. And who are the most famous people from different parts of, of Oregon? Right? Who's the most famous person from Beaverton? Hmm. Who's the most famous person from Portland? Phil yeah, Knight? From well, is, is he from Beaverton? He's not from Beaverton. Is I don't he? know. I don't know. So who's the most famous person from Eugene? Mark Trespin lives in Winnetka, former head coach of the Chicago Bears. Well, that's tight. There's a lot of people on here, but I'm just kind of looking quickly. Um, that was the first name that I recognized, so <laughs> say what you want about. Oh, I see pornographic actor lives there. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, Paul Thomas. Oh, uh, Classic. Yeah. Duh. It sounds like a porn name. Jay Cutler lived there. Just all these winners, man. Well... I mean, the Home Alone house is there. There's some big homes. Of course, <laughs> Jay Cutler lives there. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this new G League pathway. The uh, I actually didn't know this was happening. It's called the NBA Professional Pathway Program. And it's a new program in the G League that's going to allow elite high school prospects to not go to college and instead get paid $500,000 and provide a one-year development program that's not going to actually be included in the G League games, but in the G League system to develop them into NBA players. And this became a story this week because Jalen Green, who is the number one prospect on the ESPN class of 2020, decided to join the G League pathway program instead of going to college. And my first thought when I saw that was like, oh, okay. I mean, I know they were trying to build something that was kind of interesting to try to get some players to go there. You know, we've seen some other guys like LaMelo Ball played internationally instead. He played in, in uh, Australia and he played in Eastern Europe and he decided not to go to college. And we've seen Emmanuel Moutier did it. He played in China and now he's in the NBA. And there's other examples as well of players who have skipped out on college basketball, um, but never necessarily just straight into the G League like this. And we did see there was a player last year. I can't remember his name. He had committed to go to Syracuse, and then he decided to do something with the G League, but it wasn't this official pathway. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. The NBA has given, given other options. Plus, my first thought was $500,000? You're an 18-year-old, and you're about to make half a mil just to train to be in the NBA, basically? Uh, yeah, you might be losing the college experience, but if I was an elite prospect, I'd be taking that every single day. Absolutely. Like I, I love college basketball and I love the atmosphere, but if I was Jalen Green, if I was in his shoes, there's no way I'm going to Kentucky for a year, even though they're probably paying me under the table. I'm going to get $500,000 to legitimately and not get in trouble for it and learn from NBA coaches and G League coaches. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I don't have to get yelled at by an angry coach. It sounds great. Well, they'll be getting yelled at by angry coaches because now that's a $500,000. Not John Calipari angry. Not Calipari angry. Well, shoot, we we don't know. You know, not yet. But uh, I think it's a great idea uh, to be able to open this up to these young men. I've always said it. I think, you know, the the age limit or the age rule in the NBA is, you know, it's – problematic and it, it comes off as it's being let's be real it's, it's racist you know what i mean so uh you're telling young 18 year old in most cases black kids that they're not ready or that they can't go and make money however you if this were somebody that was in tech uh we're we're not above going to get that 15 year old programmer to make the next big thing you know we're not above letting that 15 year old play golf and make you know millions of dollars for a tournament just a tournament so uh, why you would exclude certain people from you know being able to pursue their dreams is, is one thing but uh, I love the idea of the G League open this up and shout out to Sharif Abdul Rahim you know who's the president uh, of the G League for kind of bringing this idea up uh, and you're gonna start seeing a lot of people I think uh, Jalen Green was the first they just got a uh, uh, Isaiah Todd you know who's uh, one of the guys that's going to be going to man you make up to five hundred thousand possibly or up to two hundred fifty thousand possibly five hundred thousand dollars you know, anywhere from a quarter to half a million dollars to really get yourself. And you're 18. In, and you're 18. And to get yourself into shape to and really into, into NBA shape, you know, not like college. And, you know, you, there's a whole, you know, there's that whole like I'm, I'm playing in college and I'm playing against, uh, in most cases, inferior talent. I'm playing against guys that probably will never, in most cases, won't see uh, the floor in the NBA or won't be drafted in the NBA. Now you're playing with guys that, you know, at least are on the right, the same traje- trajectory, and in some cases, you know, have been in the league already and stuff. So you're getting a chance to really get these guys f- ready for the NBA. College and the NBA is much different. We already know that the game in college is slower. Um, the, everybody's they're not as athletic. There's not there's not as versatile. You know, in the NBA, everybody's athletic. The worst player you can think of in the NBA would come to 24-hour fitness or Bally's or wherever that's open at that point and completely run you off the floor. You think uh was well, somebody we we make fun of of on the show a whole lot of um but somebody like a Travis Outlaw, you know, if he shows up at 24 hour fitness, guess what? Travis Outlaw is by far and away the best player. Of course. Game, and it's not even close. Yeah. You know, we can we can talk about uh uh my guy played for the Blazers last year. I can't remember his name. Where's he? Where does uh uh, number eight, um, Al Aminu. I was going to say, there's many Aminu. guys who played for the Blazers know, right? last, last year. I'm like, I can't were, really narrow this down good. for you. Let's just say Aminu, you know, showed up at, at your local park, you know, at Irving Park or Wallace or wherever you're playing basketball at. Man, guess what? Aminu, without a shadow of a doubt, is better than any 30 people that you can rile up to come play basketball for you. So this is an opportunity for these guys uh, to get great coaching or what we assume will be great coaching, get their bodies ready for uh, an NBA season, which is a long 82-game grind, you know, with, without any pandemics going on. And uh, and then also give them an opportunity to get them their families paid. How much money did Zion make for Duke? How much money did he get from Duke? Oh, well, well zero dollars, Rashad, duh. Yeah, I mean, He $0. got the pleasure of having one year of a college education, quote-unquote. Tight, quote. tight. And, <laughs> and, and Duke was selling those uh, tickets – on the on the the sideline for what uh courtside we're going for i want to say like five thousand a little over five grand you know for zion being there so yeah i think he, he was pretty important to the school so why not just go somewhere and get yourself paid right now does it hurt the college game probably well yeah let's i want to get to that next so let's not jump into that too quickly i, w- I want to kind of spend some time on that plus i want to 
I want to spend some time on the kind of broken college to NBA system that this is trying to fix, but yet the NBA kind of did it to college itself, which is also kind of an interesting storyline here. They're coming in as like the white knight savior when they were the ones who caused there to be issues in the first place. But we'll get to that in a second. But my final thought on this is, is my only concern, I should say, is that I just don't know about the quality of the coaches that are going to be in the pathway program. I don't know anything about G League coaches. I don't know anything about who's going to be coaching at that level. Um, sure, there are plenty of college coaches who are not very good at teaching players outside of their own personal system. Uh, I personally think the coach of my own team, Syracuse, Jim Beheim, who's a legend in the game, is a terrible coach at getting guys to go to the NBA because he coaches a defense that doesn't fit the NBA style in the 2-3 zone. He's got a very specific style of play that just doesn't fit very well. How many Syracuse players have you seen had success outside of Carmelo Anthony, who was an absolute superstar in the NBA? There's not a lot of them recently who have had success. Wes Johnson might be the one who's had the most, and he's, what, a, a tertiary player on the bench for teams? Um, there's plenty of guys who have gone in who have struggled because sometimes college coaching doesn't translate to the NBA because they're so concerned about their own style and winning and all that and not developing players that it just doesn't work. Um, but there's also a lot of great coaches, right? There's a lot of pr programs that send guys to the NBA who are, who just do great. Um, but I'm just, that's how I'm, I'm curious if the G league coaches are going to be that good. Is the pathway program going to be worth it? Minus the financial aspect of it in terms of teaching these guys to be ready for the NBA, or is the less rigid lifestyle going to be a detriment to some of these players who have all this money all of a sudden, and they're not going to be able to focus because when you're in college, you still got to go to class sort of. Um, you still got to go to practice and all that kind of stuff. And then I feel like this is going to be way more kind of like, I don't, I don't know what the right word is loose. It's just going to be loose for these players. Like, ah, oh, yeah, come to practice, come train. Um, and there'll be schedules, but I think it's going to be a little bit different. So that would be my only concern. Cause again, they're 18. You're instantly making them an adult at 18 with a ton of money and a chance to be in the NBA, but it's not a sure thing because they do have to go into the NBA draft after all. All right. Break time coming up next. How does this affect college basketball? And the NBA is using this as some sort of like, oh, look, we're saving these prospects when they were the ones who hurt them in the first place. That's next here on Sports Sunday. First, Joe has a sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-four on your Sunday morning, Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad, Joe, with you till eleven o'clock. If you miss any of the show and you want to hear it, you can find it on the Les Shaw Tires podcast on Radio.com, 1080TheFan.com, or wherever you find your podcasts. For the most part. We're talking about the new G League professional pathway program. Say that six times fast. Um, where uh, Jalen Green, number one prospect, went and decided to forego college. And I think I've seen a couple of different arguments for this. Some pro, some anti in terms of how this affects college basketball. And I think there's kind of a, a sneaky way this is good for college basketball. I think the initial thought is, oh, no, the stars aren't going to play for college basketball anymore or for college basketball in college basketball anymore. How is that going to affect the games? How is that going to affect the viewers? How is that going to affect the teams? But when you actually think about it, one and dones don't have a large effect on the star power in the games 
anyway, comparatively or, or in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you have a guy like Zion, it's different, right? And I think because Zion was last year or two years ago now, it's fresh in our minds and we're going, oh my God, you're going to take Zion out of college. And it was such a story when he went to Duke and it was all his games were televised. And it was such a big deal and it was fun. Uh, you can say the same thing about Anthony Davis when he went to Kentucky. Oh my God, this guy's amazing. He's got a unibrow. Oh, we can't stop watching him. He's so good. But a large majority of one and dones are barely uh, promoted because they're not very interesting. And shockingly, they're not as good as they thought they were, right? Um, I actually think that this could help a bit of, uh, it won't help the star power of college basketball, but what it will do is it'll make the teams better and the games more watchable because you're going to have less turnover because some of the one and done kids aren't going to be leaving every single year. You're going to have guys who are going to college who actually want to go to college and play for three or four years. Um, and that in the long term is going to make the game more watchable from teams like that. One team I always go back to is Villanova. Villanova is a team that has recently been built on three and four year guys who have been there for a long amount of time. They play really beautiful basketball and because they've been there and they play with each other for so long, there's, they know each other. There's not a lot of inconsistencies. There's not a lot of struggles. Um, there's not a lot of awkward offense because they all know where they need to be in a time where college basketball's offense is really hard to watch. Um, they moved back the three point line, which did not help <laughs> because guys still couldn't hit the three um, teams like Villanova, or for example, this year teams like Dayton. Now granted Dayton had one of the best players in the country and Obi Toppin, but he was on a one and done player. And Dayton was a team that had a bunch of guys who were young or who, who had been building through the program together and they were good and they were fun to watch. When you remove the one and dones from the, from the equation, that'll start coming back again. Cause there's going to be a lot, much less turnover. And I think if you think about it that way, it actually might be a sneaky positive for college basketball. Yes, you're losing star power, but I don't think you had that much star power to begin with from these players. And what really matters is the tournament and good games in the tournament. You know, and also one thing I don't think we don't talk about enough is um, kind of the ranking system and the cr recruitment system prior to them getting to college. You know, because that's we they're, these guys are put on our radar when they're sophomores and juniors. Like we've known about Zion since he was a sophomore. Right. Since we saw him dunking all over people on the Internet and, oh, he's the number six player in his class and number this player. And, you know, I don't think he was the top player in the class of 2019 or 2018 when he graduated. I think that was Cam or, uh, RJ, RJ Barrett. That was the number one player uh, in their class. I think Zion was up there. He's the most exciting player. Yeah, I think it know? was RJ Barrett. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's one of those things. And so then we we get to the NBA, we get to college and we're still banking on this kid being, you know, a top whatever pick he's going to be this big we you, you better go you're going to go after your freshman year like there's this also there's this weird like presumption that if you don't go your freshman year then you weren't that good in the first place right that's what it's become now and i think that's why the teams and that's why the game doesn't look the same when we were used to seeing when at least when i was used to seeing teams like duke with christian leitner compete or those arizona teams with mike bibby and miles simon compete or some of those maryland teams that were able to win national championships and stuff like that like those guys were man juniors and seniors and sophomore like you 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 had guys that were battle tested and were were able to the, to come to the NBA and show that man I can learn the system I can figure this out I'm mature enough to learn how to do this now there's this kind of overall you know uh, misconception that hey man either you go your freshman year Mike Conley Jr you're not going to be you probably won't be drafted next year we hear that all the time right you don't go this year man I don't know why Justin Herbert didn't go to the draft this year like he goes this year he'd have been the number one pick well. You know, he stayed, and all of a sudden he's not the number one pick because the new flavor of the month came out. So, so these guys end up losing draft status if they 
do end up staying. But if you want to stay and kind of, I guess, continue to polish your game or refine your game, you're almost looked at as, yeah, you weren't good enough right now to play. It used to be like we're looking for that junior and senior. Yes, you're the, you're ready for the NBA now. Now it's like junior and senior, that means you weren't good enough to play when you were 19 or 18, so you probably won't be drafted. But then look at this list. Of, I've got a list of one and dones. Now tell me where the stars are. Now, mind you, they're here. So we got, I don't care what anybody says, Greg Oden was going to be great, man. Injuries hurt that. So there's nothing you can do about that. Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. Star. Uh, uh, Mike Conley Jr. Uh, great player. Then Good player. Got, then you got guys like Brendan Wright, Who? Spencer Haas, Thaddeus Young, mm. Javaris Crinton, uh, Daquan Cook, Derek Rose, yeah. Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, Kevin Love, Eric Gordon, Jared Bayless, you know, like a bunch of guys are like, man, you're good. And you get your Kyrie's, but you got a couple stars in you there. You got yeah. a couple stars in there. Kyrie but, barely played anyway. He was hurt his whole freshman year, and too. The, and the reason they changed that rule to be you have to be older now is because the the straight from high school thing was kind of the same thing. Well, right? I, that's kind of what I wanted to go to next. So the it's kind of funny. Everyone is lauding the NBA for creating the system when in reality, the NBA is the one that killed the system they in the first place. System. Yeah. I mean, what what they had before was fine with the high school players going in. And of course there were going to be guys who made stupid decisions, but that's going to be the case no matter what in any of these programs that is created, guys are going to make stupid decisions. Um, what I care about in this situation the most is the quality of play at both college and the NBA level. That's all I care about. Right. And the more one and done players you have, the higher chance they're not going to pan out, which we've seen a lot of in the NBA which affects the NBA quality of the game, but you're taking away good players from college too soon. So I, I will always believe this, and I hope that at some point they do this, is I think they should follow the college baseball model. Allow the high school player to come, come, in, come into the NBA if he wants to, right? You know, that would mean LeBron coming in immediately or you know Kevin Garnett or whoever. Um, and if you go to college, you have to stay for at least three years. I think that would be perfect. I think that would be the perfect model because the guys who are good enough to play in the NBA right away will go in high school. And then the other ones who go to college, guess what? Those guys are going to be good in college for multiple years. And you're going to help the quality of the game at both levels because they're not going to leave college too soon and sit on the end of a bench for four years for an NBA team and do nothing. They're going to come out after three years, be much more ready and maybe help an NBA team immediately. I think that's the best way to do this. Um, and, if this NBA pathway is the start of trying to give that high school kid that option, if he wants to try to make that leap, then great. I just think they need to help college basketball by reinstituting some sort of rule to keep the kids there for longer if they choose to go to college because the, the product in college basketball, frankly, is woeful at I, this point. I was just telling someone, I don't know if we have to break, I was just telling someone along the same lines of college players staying until they're, you know, staying longer until at least their junior year. Um, when I was 17, I, I just really, or 16 and a half, I just really learned how to start playing basketball all the way. Got through over that awkward, gawky stage and figured out how to really use these long arms, these long legs and stuff like that the right way, as opposed to just being out there just willy-nilly just trying to, you know, figure it out. Um, I wasn't okay, but I was a good athlete at 18. Nowhere near the athlete I was at 22, right? Like, my, I had grown into my body. I began lifting weights. I was in a, the, the best physical shape even to this day that I've ever been in my life at 21 22 I could do things like as far as jumping and stuff like that that was super super easy like we think these kids are athletic and everything at 18 19 man give them some opportunities to grow 
into their body at 20 and 21 and 22 and just imagine the players that these guys are going to be. What happens is we punt on these guys so fast because, well, you just didn't pan out the way we wanted to. Bro, you're still, you can't even grow a beard all the way yet. You can't even really grow facial hair yet. Just imagine if people like punted on certain guys like, I don't know, who's somebody that developed as time uh, kind of progressed. Uh, Rashard Lewis, you know, somebody who developed as time when it first came out. It's like, oh, he's good. And then, okay, wait, this this dude's an all-star. Like, he can really play. Now, is he one of the greatest NBA players of all time? No. Was he a multiple-time all-star? Yeah, and I think in most cases, that's what anybody would would kind of want from there. But And I, and I, to me, I'd rather that development happen in college than at yeah. the end of a bench. That's at, all. At least if, that, if it happens in college, then, uh, man, obviously that, that it's great for the college. It's great for the kid. If it happens in the NBA and they just never reach their full potential, but they're getting better, but they're just buried on the bench, like, you'll never know. And then that guy will eventually be cut. You know, it's 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 a it's a savage cycle that happens every year. All right, coming up next, it is the the talk of the internet, and it soon will be the talk of the people. The last dance begins tonight. This is Sports Sunday on the fan. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass it like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I love this record. I was going to ask you. I heard you request it. No, this is uh, Jack Harlow. Yeah. He's dope. He's dope. You know what I'm saying? He looks just like he sounds. Certified freak, hang around dozen. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's dope, though. Yeah. He's dope. I like this record. Let me see if uh, my mental image matches. Jack Harlow, rapper. Yep. There you go. <laughs> a little curlier here than I imagined, but yeah, yeah that's about what I would uh, That's about what I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's a good record. I like it. Like a, a little dicky like clone or something, maybe? No. No, no, no. Definitely. Definitely not Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky is one to one. Like I, I, I enjoy him as a as a as an artist because he's he's like a comedy rapper. He he is, but more than that, he's he's himself. Like I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not gonna floss with all my ice and all my like. I'm not. That's not who I am. And really, nobody's gonna feel that if I do come out like that. I know and, he just wears like plaid and yeah, t-shirts in his I love videos. It. He's he's himself, and I think the one thing about hip hop more than any other genre of music is it's all about authenticity be yourself you know what i'm saying and that's why i think people trip about people having ghost writers and stuff like that because that's not authentic if you had somebody else write your feelings you know there's something about that it's like me writing in your journal how you feel true you know but some so, people who have ghost writers get very successful they probably laugh all the way to the bank no that's and that's fine but when it's all said and done like and we start talking about because all those every artist every athlete that stuff matters. They can say that doesn't matter to them. All oh, those lists don't matter. Yes, they do. Because you want to, man, Rick Ross released an album called Nobody's Favorite. Because at the end of the day, he knows that nobody's ever going to say Rick Ross is my favorite rapper. Rick Ross is my favorite this. Because he's, he's at least conscious enough uh, to know that about himself. So I think more than any other genre of music, you know, rap is all about being authentic and being yourself. And nobody was more authentic than the dudes we're about to talk about. Um, sorry, I just got a, I got a little glance up at uh, Eva Mendez on the screen here. We put Training Day on. Oh, it's that scene. Okay. It's that scene. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she actually 
is topless. Oh, she's naked in this scene. And like, I'm pretty sure they showed it on whatever channel. IFC. When he walked in the door. Yeah. So, uh, okay, cool. That was a nice little fun surprise. Ava Mendez, by the way. I haven't seen her in a very long time, but uh, she's whew. super hot. Yeah. She's super hot. Her and Hitch. She's. I love Hitch. It's one of my. It's one well, of my Hitch is a great movie. Yeah, her and everything. Yeah. Well, I know, I mean, but that that is one that's on TV all the time. So when you see Hitch, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll put Hitch I've been, on. I've been seeing Too Fast, Too Furious on TV a whole lot lately. Not sure why. I've been seeing a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, not sure why, but, you know, if Ava Mendez, Ava Mendez is in it, I'm, I'm all for it. There's a lot of things that can derail a segment in uh, Ava Mendez. She's one. She's definitely one of them. She's yeah. definitely, definitely one, of them. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about, we were about to talk about something something dope, and then we saw <laughs> like, that. I was like, huh, easily distracted. <laughs> yeah, we were about to talk about The Last Dance. Oh, yeah, there's full-on boobs. There you go. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Boots and Bush, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know IFC was just like fully uncensored. Yes, they are. Which well, it depends. It, it depends. It depends on when, because sometimes they'll have the same movie, but it'd be TV 14. There's a crowd outside of the studio window now. <laughs> All right. of a sudden, social distancing rules going away. Move along, sir. As everybody is watching Ava Mendes slowly crawl out of bed in the gunfight scene uh, in training day. All right. Focus. We're going to look at Rashad instead. Um. The Last Dance is coming out. Do not unzip your hoodie. <laughs> then I'm going to look back at the TV again. Um, the Last Dance is starting tonight. Two episodes tonight, 6 and 7 o'clock on ESPN. Set your DVRs. Um, I'm very excited about this because I did not live through the majority of of Michael Jordan's greatness, at least as a sports fan. I actually did live through most of it, but I was born in 1989. So I started watching sports when I was about five or six years old. So about 1995-ish is when I started paying attention to sports in general. Uh, that's why everyone always makes fun of me for being a Yankee fan because I've seen all the great Yankee years, basically, because when I started watching is when they started winning World Series. Uh, when I started watching the NBA, I caught the the tail end of the good Bulls uh, but I was six, right? I was five. I was six. Like, what am I, what am I really remembering about that? Um, I liked the team a lot. I had a hat that had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and and Dennis Rodman on it, like stitched on. Um, I was a big fan uh, of the Bulls because it was I was young and impressionable, and they were fun to watch, and they won a lot. Um, I was actually a Nets fan, but you know I liked the Bulls a lot, and the Nets sucked for most of that time. So uh, minus the early two thousands. So for me, I'm very excited to hear this because I watched this through the eyes of a kid. So I didn't know what was going on in the background. And the the season that they have the access to in this documentary, I believe, is the 1997 season, um, which I did watch. I remember watching that season, but I was young. So being able to watch it now as an adult, understanding how things would be happening and why things would be happening and understanding more of the social stuff versus just what was happening on the court is going to be really, really fascinating to me. And I think a lot of the problems I have with documentaries about sports is if it's about a topic that I already watched and saw and knew, it just doesn't feel worth it unless there's like something really cool and interesting in it. I mean, I already know what happened, right? And in this, yes, I know what happened, but I don't remember the details because I was a kid. So I'm very, very excited to watch it for that fact alone is that for me, it's going to almost be like new, which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah, I, th I think the Bulls are, are one of those teams while we know a lot about them, we really don't, you know, like, I mean, we don't really know 
a whole lot about the relationship between Jordan and Pippen outside of the fact that they won together. You know, we, we I mean, we know that. Jordan's kind of an a hole. Yeah, we 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 know that. You know, we know that uh, Jordan would and he get said that people are going to hate him after this because he was a douche. Yes, and and you know what? It's to be that great at something, uh, it takes a whole bunch of sacrifice. Jordan doesn't strike me as a dude who was just, man, the ultimate friend. You know, everybody, if you listen to people like former players talk about him, they were almost scared of him. You know, there was like this overall like uh, fear of Michael Jordan, what he'll say to you. Like you can't trash talk. You can't look a certain way. You can't have a good game because then things are, he's just going to give you that look. And like that was, it was really like a lore, like great players, all time players. Iverson said the first time he saw Michael Jordan, he saw his aura around him. Like when Dave Chappelle said, or excuse me, when Charlie Murphy said he saw Rick James, like, man, I see this dude's gold aura just around him. Kobe said he was just starstruck when he saw Michael Jordan play for the first time or be on the floor with him. Like Kevin Garnett tells this great story of him and J.R. Ryder, and they're doing like it's multiple, two different interviews, and J.R. Ryder's telling the story, and KG's telling the exact same story about how J.R. Ryder is busting Jordan's ass one day, and then KG starts talking trash and all of a sudden jordan goes off for eight minutes and scores 19 20 points straight and leaves everybody kind of like dumbfounded like why'd you do that like every single player that we can think of every great player has a great jordan story that they can say like man this guy was amazing i was looking at highlights that i haven't seen i don't know if i've ever seen him before but i was looking at jordan do shots like man when was this shot when was that game like when did he do this thing like he was one of those guys, and I was old enough to remember. He retired the first time when I was in the fourth, or when I was going to the fifth grade. You know, so I remember everything. And then he retired the second time when I was going when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was like that whole stretch from a really, you know, impressionable time in my life from eleven till uh, about fourteen. You know, Michael Jordan was the guy. Till this day, this is how iconic Jordan is. Till this day, we've seen LeBron James at his very best. We've seen Kobe. At his very best. We've seen Tim Duncan win five of six championships. We've seen Shaquille O'Neal be as dominant as we've ever seen. We've seen the best little man in history in Allen Iverson. We've seen the greatest shooter of all time in Steph Curry. Yet and still, Michael Jordan, the guy that retired 25 years ago, or the first time, you know, or the second time at least, 25 years ago. Second time was uh, 03, so 17 years ago. So the first time, well, no, the second time, well, is that the Second or third? That was the second. That was a that was a third time. Was that the third time? Well, first time he retired in '93. Second time he retired in '98. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're so, right. Yeah. yeah. So '93, '98. He's got three different retirements, fam. Oh, three. And yeah. he's got three different. And it's three different stages of life in those three different retirements. Like, I'm. I'll say this. I think LeBron James as a basketball player is the best that I've ever seen. Like from size, strength, skill, everything. I've never seen anything that looks. Like LeBron. That said, if Jordan played in today's NBA where you can't touch people, he would average 45. Just remembering how Michael, everything, he wasn't the greatest shooter, but he could shoot. He wasn't the greatest dribbler, but he can get right past you. He wasn't super strong, but he was strong enough to where if I get to the rim and it's me and you, it's me, you know, at that point. So, like, but yet and still, everything just looks so fluid and effortless. And he had a game where he had the flu, (laughs) had the flu and was brilliant. And it's now called the flu game. Like they made shoes like that come out to this day. When they come out, they're the flu games, the, the red and black 13s. Like it's one of those things. Like there's, there'll never be another iconic player like Michael Jordan. I feel like 
I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole LeBron Jordan argument because it's old hat at this point, but I feel like when people get frustrated about that argument, it's very simple to me. LeBron is the greatest player that I've ever seen. Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time because he's a winner too. I mean, LeBron's a winner, but not to the level that Michael Jordan won. And I think there's a big difference, right? Like LeBron's better than Michael Jordan physically as a player. Cause you're right. He's LeBron's great at everything basically, except for three point shooting. And he's even getting pretty good at mm-hmm. that too. Whereas you're right. Michael Jordan was great at some things and was good at mostly everything else. Um, so LeBron's the better player, but Michael Jordan's the better winner. And that's kind of, that's the way I look at it. It's not really much of a debate in that sense. If you want to say greatest of all time, it's Michael Jordan, but the greatest player I've ever seen. And I have seen Michael Jordan is LeBron yeah. because of just his, he's a specimen. Yeah. He's if insane. it just comes down to getting a bucket, who can get man, I'm and give him the ball to Jordan all day. Like he can do, he can do everything. He's going to get you off your, off your feet. You know what I'm saying? Off the ground with the one handed pump fake going up, even a slow one like, uh, going this way. You're jumping. I'm past you. Easy layup, easy dunk. Like that was the the makeup of Jordan, but he wasn't gonna give you eight assists. He wasn't gonna give you eight nine rebounds. He wasn't gonna. Oh, he might give you three or four steals because he was a, a phenomenal defender. But he wasn't doing the other things LeBron was doing. There's a reason. Listen, the Bulls are so good. When Jordan retired the first time, the Bulls won 55 games. They are 53 games. They won 55 the year that they have Jordan. So Jordan was worth two games. Not saying he was not great, but two games with that Bulls team. I think Pippen finished like third or fourth or fifth or something like that that year in MVP voting. You know, so they were still super, super cold. That's how cold that team was. Name another team you take away their best player. Not their second best, not their third best, their best player. And they're still a 55-win team, 53-win team. That doesn't happen. I will say, though, that if LeBron, you know, wins a couple with the Lakers here. uh, These ones won. These ones won. I'm just saying, assuming Mm – we get back to sports and things are you know somewhat normal then he'll probably surpass in the winner category too because that's three different teams he would win a title with and you know so i mean you could probably surpass that but uh but yeah and, this he, is, and can, you, can you think about this and this isn't oh we're gonna hear about jordan for the next five weeks so it's okay oh yeah but i just don't want to fall into the old hat of the like oh lebron jordan because it's just like but nonstop. if lebron wins with i don't know let's say the the, the bucks or some some you know insert you know random team here like he's still going to be a legend. That's great. You go to three different teams and win three three championships, man. That's awesome. Especially if you're the Finals MVP in those. He wins a championship for the Lakers that haven't been good or haven't been relevant since 2010 when they let, when they won the last championship. He after a couple of years after Kobe, man, please, LeBron will. There'll be no question that he's the guy. Like only, I've only done that on 2K. Go to three different teams and and win three different championships. I only do them. <laughs> All right, we got a break. Uh, hour two coming up next. We have Hander Lovett coming up at 1030. Uh, we also got a little bit of NFL draft talk as well. If you missed the first hour, you can find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast, radio.com, 1080thefan.com, and uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, did Tua really get a 13 on the Wonderlic test? That's next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.